for listening to Hope Central's latest message. You can learn more about Hope Central or find more messages at hopecentral.org.au. Good at church. Good to be with you here today. I'm just going to share something with you that hopefully will have an impact as much as it had on me and hopefully will change our perspective the way we live life here on earth. My message is called Heavenly and Earthly. If I were to ask you a question, are you a heavenly or earthly person? What would your answer be? I presume if you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it will be that you are both heavenly and earthly. So God has created the world and positioned us in this place to live on this earth. But also through Christ, we have an incredible eternity that awaits for us because what he has achieved. In Philippians 3, 20, 21 says, But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like his glorious body by the power that enables in even to subject all things to himself. This is an incredible thing. Just by receiving Jesus, you automatically got a, a citizenship in heaven that awaits for us. It's not something that we have done. It's not something that we have earned. It's not because we are privileged because of who we are. It's simply because Christ has paid the price and he made a way for us to be a citizen of heaven. It's incredible, incredible um, thing that it happens to our lives. And just to understand that, it changes our perspective the way we live life here on earth. Do you live life like a citizen of earth only? Or does this change your understanding that actually we're just passing through? This is not our, our final destination. Eternity is our final destination. And that should really impact the way we live here and now. You know, when I, as you can see, I've not always lived in this country because you hear my accent is a bit different. So I come from Bosnia in 96 as a refugee. And after two years, you, um, you go to get your citizenship. And it was an incredible opportunity for me. And it was actually quite exciting time for my life to become a citizen of this great nation of Australia. Because I became a refugee and I was stateless. I had no place to live. I, um, I was... Um, registered in United Nations as a stateless person and just to have an opportunity that someone gave it to me to be in this incredible land and to receive the citizenship. It was a big deal to me. We had a big ceremony afterwards. We had a, a bit of a party that my uncle put on for us, had lots of photos and a very memorable time. And um, just to think about it, that through Jesus, you have eternal citizenship of heaven. Just let that sink in for a while. We just kind of gloss over that quickly and then just go to a next thing. But that's a, a significant, significant thing that it happens to our lives. You can decide to become citizen of heaven through Jesus, but you cannot go there by yourself. Somebody's taking you there based upon the promise. You also cannot decide when you will go there and how will you go there. But you can decide how you will live your life here on earth. God has given us opportunity to be his ambassadors here on earth and how we live here 
It will just be um, what legacy we'll leave here. How do, peop- how do we impact people's lives here? We'll have significant significance, um, not just in our lives, but in other people's lives. So I just want to encourage you not just to think, you know, we are saved by Jesus and we're going to heaven, but we are left here on earth to fulfill the purposes of God that he's called us to do. God has created both of earthly and heavenly homes. God has placed us in this place, in his amazing creation that is lavished with so many amazing things that you can see in the earth. But he's also created the heavens for a different purpose. 2 Corinthians 5, 1 to 2 says, For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in heaven. For in this tent we groan, longing to put out a heavenly dwelling. Sometimes I groan. (laughs) I want to go home. Sometimes life gets a bit tough. You know, brokenness and hurt and pain and sickness and all of these things cause pain to our lives. And it will be nice to just to go to heaven where there is order, where there is peace, where there is a constant presence of God. But we cannot go there yet. We have job here to do. We have life here to live. That's what awaits us and it's exciting in our hearts. God has planned and purposed everything. In 1 Corinthians 15, 40, it says, There are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies, but the glory of a heavenly is of one kind and the glory of earthly is of another. This temporarily body that God has given us for this earth will wear off and eventually will decay. But the body that awaits for us in heaven is glorious, is not subject to sickness and all the things we experience here in this world. But while we're present in this body, while we live this life, while there is breath in our lungs, while we're here, we need to live according to God's plans and His purposes. You are planning and purpose to live in a time and this generation. You were not too early, you were not too late. You didn't mean to live in 15th century, live in this century. You live in this land, you live in this city. This is where God has placed us and we need to live here and be God's ambassadors here where we are. It's no point thinking, I wish I'm in heaven. I wish I was born later. You're not an accident. God has planned and purposed everything in this world. And how are you fulfilling these plans and purposes of God? First, we need to know what is your purpose in this earthly tent? Jesus said so many things when he left us here. Go to all the world, preach the gospel, make disciples of all nations. There's lots of plans that God has for us to fulfill before we leave this earthly home. Now, if we just focus on here and now, we're going to miss all of those things. We need to lift our eyes and lift our heads to heavens and understand that we are here by God's design, by His purpose, by His plans for each one of us. And Ephesians 1.11 says, In Him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will. Friends, we need to understand that it's not our will. 
It's not what we want. It's God's will, God's plans, God's purpose. He placed us here. He positioned us here. We didn't ask to be born. We were born by God's design. We didn't ask to live in this place. God placed us in this place. He positioned us in this place to live here. So it's His will. You know, so many people live according to their own will. They want to do what they want to do. Get what they want to get. But as Christians, we need to submit to God's plans and will. We need to be obedient to His plans and purposes that He has for us here and now. You know, I had no purpose until I met God. I was just living in the world, doing what worldly people do for here and now. You know, glorifying the body, working so much on the body, going to gym. And I'm not saying anything is wrong with those things, but that was my purpose. My purpose was just in, in, indulging in pleasures. Never enough. You know, getting stuff what I want, how I want it, how I feel, what satisfies me. It was all about me, self-focused, try to make myself happy. All of that has changed since I met God. But those things never really satisfy my life. They never brought fulfillment. I was empty. The more I wanted, the more I wanted. Sorry, that didn't sound right. The, the more I wanted those things, the harder I chase after even more. It never ends. It's just a vicious circle. It just shows you that God has purposed and designed everything. And when we're living in His plans and purposes, it makes sense. Our life makes sense. You know, if, if we say that we are Christians and we're living for God, well, actually, the evidence of, of that is a changed life. Our lives need to reflect what we're saying. It's not just points of saying things, but it's actually living it out. It's a big, big question. I'll tell you a story about my dad. My dad is a 66-year-old man who lived in Bosnia, who worked really hard. He's a hard-working man. That's all he ever knew. He worked so hard to gain the trust and respect of people around him and his brothers. He grew up in a family of nine, nine children. And there's competition. Who's going to get the most and the best? The best house. Who's going to have the most things? And he chased after those things so long. And he built a two-story house. He had lots of possessions and land and all of those things. The sad part about it is never really spent time with me and my brother or my mum. He was always too busy working, building these things because it matters to him to prove himself and to show what his worth is. You know, the saddest part is he lost all of that. We left the country because of the war. We lost absolutely everything. Not even a pair of pants we brought with us. And then we came here without absolutely nothing. And what saddens my heart is he's doing exactly the same thing here. Because he had not received Christ to understand those things don't matter as much. He's still trying so hard to rebuild what he lost, to regain his possessions, to show his friends, look, look what I've done, look what I made. But he's not happy, he's not joyful. And sad, sad stories, he doesn't see us much, me and my brother, still. There's no relationship. Because time has not been invested. Those other things are more priority to him. 
Because he thinks if he can show us what he can do and what he can make, we're not interested in those things. I couldn't care less. All I want is my dad to be with me and together, have a relationship. And that's so many people live like that. Lives that are just missing the point. And it saddens me to say that so many Christians live like that. You know, we receive Christ with gladness at first. And then along the way, we get sucked back into the vortex of the world. And we're doing the same things that we used to do. The only difference is we go to church sometimes, read our Bible sometimes. But are we really living God's plans and His purposed life for us? Are we really engaging in what is left us here to do? I know this is challenging, but I think if we get this right, well, peace will return. Perspective will return. Because when you're living for God, when you're living in submission to Him, life makes sense. It becomes purposeful and sweet. Yes, it's hard at times. But God is with us along the way to help us on the journey. You know, you came in this world with nothing. You take nothing with you. Nothing. All we leave is the legacy of our lives. Have we, what have we done with people, relationships? How have we impacted people's lives? Those who are going in heaven, are they going to be glad because we were in their lives? You know, I stand here today because so many incredible, generous people of God Invested time in my life and helped me along the journey to become better. Because they understand their purpose, why they're here. They're not here just to pass time. They're not here to live for themselves. They're here to make a difference in this world and to be God's ambassadors here. So how should we live then? What's God's plan for you? You know, a lot of people ask, what's God's plan exactly for me? Now, if I know exactly what he wants, then I'll do that. How about I just share some general plan of God? Number one, to know him intimately. You know, the whole point of Jesus coming is to restore a relationship to God. So we have a genuine relationship with God. And God wants us to know him. Not just talk about him or say a few prayers here and there, but actually earnestly seeking him and getting to know him. And he wants to be found. He wants to be pursued. He wants, to, he wants our hearts to be open to him. And he's incredible, vast and deep. An amazing God. Just when you get to know him a little bit, you realize how vast and how deep God is. And you're just overwhelmed by understanding of his bigness, but also... By his generosity, you realize how selfish we are, how small and fragile we are, yet God delights in us. He loves us despite all of our mistakes, all the things that we do. He looks upon us with favor. That's an incredible thing, but that's where you learn when you get to know God. That's where you understand, closer you come to him, understand his heart and his love for this world. Number two, to love what God loves. What does God love? He loves people. He loves you. And we need to love people or God loves them. Not just look at them as they're pain in the neck and then they're standing in our way of achieving what we want to do. 
I'll treat him as commodities. Oh, this is what I want from you. Achieve these goals for me. That's not how God looks at people. He looks at each one with favor and love. And we need to love on them, take care of them. God loves justice. We need to be people that love justice. Stand up for what is unjust and fight for it and speak. It's not just a feeling. It requires action. You know, people say, oh, I love God. Really? How much money do we put into it? How much effort we put into it? How much time we put into it? You can tell what people love, but what they spend most time and money on. Number three, to be a blessing. To be a blessing to other people who are not as fortunate as you are, who are poor and broken and lowly, who needs encouragement, people who are overwhelmed by life. And we need to be, come alongside and be a blessing. There are many people that have been blessing to my life. Incredible people of God, even in this church. So many people encouraged me when I was being down and broken and hurting. It's people of God that come alongside, pray together with, encourage help financially, help with things like a home. We just help a friend to help her with his backyard. It was just a joyous day with us working together and thinking this is a good thing. To be a blessing. It's better to give than to receive. It's because of how God designed life to be. That's when the joy comes in. When we focus on ourselves and live in our selfish lives, there's no satisfaction in that. It's only for a short time. It lasts few days and that's it. When you buy a new car, you're excited for a week and then later, it's like, what's the next thing? This doesn't satisfy. But when you be a blessing and understand that you have been instrumental and helpful to people along the journey, it's worthwhile. It brings joy to your heart to know that, yes, life is not perfect, but I'm doing my best to be a blessing here. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. See, God causes all things to work together for good when we go about His purposes and His plans. And Ephesians 2.10 says, And we are His workmanship, sorry, created in Christ Jesus for good works with God, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. See, friends, God has prepared everything beforehand. He's orchestrated it all. He created it all. He's waiting for response. He left this part up to us. Are we going to live in submission to Him for His purpose, for His glory, for His plans? Are we just going to continue to walk in our own plans and our purposes and seek our own ways? It saddens me to think that so many people, even at church, they come in and how does that benefit me? How does that suit me? I don't like the worship. It doesn't suit me. I'll just skip that and come when I do things what I like and experience things. It's just the consumerism. How does God feel about that? 
We're all meant to be a blessing. Each person in, in our church needs encouragement. Because the world is a hostile place. Especially if you're a Christian. It's not an easy, easy journey. That's why God places us in a family to find encouragement. We need that. Every person needs more encouragement. And we need to work together to achieve these plans because one person can't do all the work while so many lazy ones sit down and watch. God wants everybody to be mobilized, to be activated in their fight, to serve plans and purposes of Him. Because we will rejoice later. This is only, we're just passing through. This is only temporarily. This is not eternal. So why focus so much on building here and now? Sacrificing so much for here and now? Spending so much time achieving things here and now. To what extent? To prove somebody something? If we channel all that energy in God's plans and purposes and do what He's asked us to do, imagine what church would be like across the world. How influential and impacting it will be. I really encourage you to take this to heart and really take it before the Lord in prayer. And ask Him to help you. Obviously, we can't do all this ourselves. We have not enough strength or wisdom or power, but the world is a big place. But with God's help, with His Holy Spirit's enablement, and the gifts that are already placed in our lives, and talents that He's given us, we can. We can do small things, even little things. Don't despise the small things that you do. Even just by coming to church regularly, encourages other people. When people are not there, others thinking, where are they? Is there something wrong here? People watch and see. Even when you do not say anything, people hear and learn and see. Why don't we pray? Father, we thank you so much that you have saved us. You placed us in this world. You gave us this life. And Lord, we thank you that we have eternal life with you. Oh, Jesus, you made it possible. You made a way for us. We are so grateful and thankful to you. Lord, I pray, Lord, for your just empowerment of your Holy Spirit upon our lives to live our lives according to your plans and purposes. That we will not miss out, Lord, but that we will be just mobilized people and people of God who are shining your light, people who are willing to go beyond our, limita- beyond our comfort zones to have a, make a difference, Lord, in this world, make a difference in people around us. Oh, Lord, we do realize that we're just a, a fragile people. We need your grace, your power, and your wisdom to sustain us as we go on this journey. Lord, help us, I pray, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Hope Central in Adelaide, South Australia. If you want more information about who we are, visit us at hopecentral.org.au or join us for Sunday worship at any of our three campuses.